My name is Rick Renner, and once again, I'm in my backyard by a big fire we've built because I'm standing here thinking about the fire of God that burns in my heart and the fire that God wants to burn in your heart. Many people begin their spiritual walk with spiritual fire, but God doesn't want you to lose it as time goes on. He wants you to stay on fire. What do you do if you've lost the fire of God? How do you stir it up again? I know you want the fire of God to burn in your heart. And in today's program, we're going to wrap it up as I talk about all the fuels you need to stay on fire both now and for years to come. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Thank you for letting me come right into your space. I'm excited about what I'm going to teach you from the Bible today. We're talking about the different fuels you need to inject into your flame so you burn brightly now and keep burning brightly for Jesus for years and years to come. And what I'm going to share with you today is truly life transforming. And I'm going to share with you several personal testimonies to demonstrate the point. But I'm sharing to you from my series, which is called a Life Ablaze, 10 Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God, 10 parts. It comes in multiple formats, and today is the last day we're offering this, and we're offering it along with my book by the same title, A Life Ablaze, 448 pages. Today is the last day we're offering it. I'm just pleading with you to order this book. I'm not trying to sell a book. I'm trying to get you something that I truly believe is going to make a difference in your life. There's a lot of good books out there that you can read. This is one of them that you need to add to the list. Read this. Devour it. The Lord really helped me write this book. It turned out to be a lot bigger than I anticipated, 448 pages, but it's so practical about how to grab those fuels that you need and how to put them in your heart so you can once again blaze with the power of God in your personal life. I know that's what you want. And for those who are partners with our ministry, I want to say thank you. You're really making a difference in other people's lives. You know, when you partner with our ministry, you really impact a lot of lives around the world and a lot of missionaries, a lot of works that we support. But Denise and I are also personally partners with different ministries. We're partners with people we believe in. We're partners with people who have an anointing or a grace that we want to flow back into our life. When you become a partner, you become a partner and a partaker with the grace that is on the ministry that you're supporting. I want to encourage you to become a partner. If you're not one, connect with us, and I'm going to believe for the grace of God to flow into your life in a powerful way. And for those who become partners, we always send a package of books as our way of saying thank you for entering into a partnership relationship with our ministry. And I covenant that we will really pray for you and believe for God's increase in your life. If you're not a partner, but you need prayer, call us. We would love to pray with you. It would be our privilege to put our faith together with you for God just to release his power into your situation. We'll really believe for that. But today I want to talk to you about the fuel of souls that you need to add to your fire. When you are ablaze with souls, wow, you ignite a fire in the heart that turns you into an inferno. And I'm going to show you why today in Scripture. But we're going to begin with our anchor verse, which is 2 Timothy 
chapter 1, verse 6. I have my Bible. I hope that you have yours. But in this verse, Paul's writing to Timothy, whose fire was on a low burn. And Timothy needed to turn the fire up. So Paul said to Timothy, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hand. Stir up is the Greek word anadzopereo. It's a compound of three words, the word ana, which means to repeat something or to do something again. The word zao, which is the Greek word to be lively or full of life. And the word pur, which is the word fire. But when you compound the three words together, it forms a single word, which means do whatever you have to do to put life back into your fire again. It can be translated to rekindle, to rekindle your fire, or to stir your fire back to life again, which means there are intentional things we can do to stir up the gift of God that is in us. There are intentional things we can do to stir the fire back into a full flame again. And if you feel that your fire is on a low burn, I'm going to tell you something today that will cause your fire to begin to burn again, and that is having a love for souls. And I want us to begin today with Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, where Jesus makes an astounding promise. Now, the early church was ablaze. They were literally an inferno for Jesus, and they were also ablaze with a passion for souls. But listen to what Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, these verses are what we call the Great Commission. And today I'm going to give you new insight to the Great Commission. Listen to this. Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Now listen to these words. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even unto the ends of the world. In Greek, when Jesus said, go ye therefore, the Greek means go and keep going, keep moving, keep moving, go and keep going, which means this is not describing a once in a lifetime mission trip or just occasionally sharing Christ with someone. It's really describing a lifestyle. Christ's command is that we go and we keep going. This is God's command to the church. It is God's command to you and it is God's command to me that as a manner of lifestyle, we go and we keep going with the gospel to those who are unsaved. And when you come to verse 20, Jesus makes this astounding promise. Now, here we come. He says, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. That word lo in Greek is so strong and very difficult to translate, but I would translate it like this, and wow. It is amazing. And wow, will I ever be with you? Which means the low belongs to those who go. Are you listening to me? The low belongs to those who go. This was a promise to those who go. Jesus said, go and keep going. And if you take the gospel, if you start moving with the gospel, start sharing with the gospel, if you go and keep going low, wow, Will I ever be with you even unto the ends of the world? Amen. Amen is emphatic, so let it be. In essence, Jesus was saying, if you will go and keep on going, doing all you can in every way possible to preach and teach the gospel, wow, I promise that you will experience my amazing presence in the doing of it. Which means...
If you and I want to experience the power of God regularly, then we have to do what triggers the release of God's power. If we want to have the low of Jesus' promise, then we have to do what guarantees the low. And Jesus says, if you go, and if you keep going with the gospel, lo, the Greek word you do, wow, it is amazing. Will I ever be with you, even unto the ends of the world? Amen, so be it. It is Jesus' promise that his powerful presence will be with anyone who goes or anyone who does their part to fund the preaching of the gospel. That is the promise in the Great Commission. This is not just, and lo, I'll be with you always, even unto the ends of the world. Jesus is saying, wow, 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 it is amazing. If you'll go and keep going, you will experience my phenomenal power and my presence. That is what it means. That is just amazing. Now, in Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus categorically stated that his presence would be demonstrated in the life of any believer, any church, or any ministry organization that will go with the gospel. Now I want to give you a testimony. In the church where I first met Denise, it was a college church. It was filled with the power of God. And the leadership of that church regularly encouraged us to go with the gospel to the unsaved. And we did. We were evangelistic. We were on the streets. We had coffee house ministry. We knocked on doors. We handed out tracts. We had nursing home ministry. We did everything we could to go with the gospel. And going with the gospel was regularly encouraged by the leadership of the church. And my friend, I'm telling you, that church was amazing. In fact, it was so amazing that many people who attended that church have never again been able to find a church that satisfied them because they've never found anything to match that church. The power of God was in that church. The glory of God was in that church. The gifts of the Spirit was in that church. No one wanted to miss a service because the power of God, the fire of God, the activity of the Holy Spirit, it was all in that amazing church. People were getting saved as we were going and going and going with the gospel. And then the leadership of the church made a strategic miscalculation. They said, well, it's good that we're going and we're winning all these people, but we need to pay attention to discipleship. Well, the fact is we have to do both. We have to go and we have to disciple. We have to do both. But they made the calculation that we should stop going and for a while, we should just start focusing on each other and begin to disciple each other and mature each other. And they stopped all evangelistic outreach and just begin to focus on each other, how to walk in covenant relationship, trying to mature each other. And the going with the gospel stopped in that church. And I am a living witness as to what happened. Denise and I saw it together. Little by little, the power of God began to dwindle in that church. The motivation was right. It was to mature each other and to disciple each other. We still love the Lord. But when we stopped going, the low that is promised in Matthew 28, verse 20, began to disappear from that church. You see, Jesus promised his powerful presence to those who go. And when we stopped going, all the glory began to dwindle. The gifts of the Spirit slowly began to dissipate. The joy of the Spirit disappeared in that church. And that church, which had been so powerful, it had literally been an inferno, 
became just a hull of what had previously been. And really, the power of God just seemed to dissipate in that church. I saw it take place. And it was all timed to that moment when they stopped going. I saw that. But when Denise and I got married, we ended up in another church, a big denominational church where I was one of the pastors on staff. That was a church which had had a legendary earlier history. They had gone with the gospel. They had preached the gospel. They had set all the records for salvations in their denomination. They were just famous as a powerhouse of the gospel. But as the years went by, they had stopped preaching and going as they had once gone. And when they stopped going, they were still a good church. They were traditional, but they became rather rigid, rather formal. And the fire of God that burned among them earlier when they were going with the gospel seemed to dissipate. And now they just became a ritualistic, traditional church. But the pastor that I served under began to preach about taking the gospel. And he's the one who first illuminated my eyes to Matthew 28, verse 20. Lo, lo, wow, will I ever be with you if you'll go. He began to preach that. And it began to get into the heart of the church. And the church began to hear the Spirit speaking to them. If you'll go, I will pour my power. I will pour my fire among you. I will pour my glory among you. You'll have a low moment if you'll go. The low belongs to those who go. So they begin to develop an evangelistic program in the church. I was a part of it. Denise was a part of it. And the people in that traditional church began knocking on doors. They began going to the lost. And guess what happened? Exactly what Jesus promised in Matthew 28, verse 20. A low moment came to that church. Wow, was Jesus ever with them. The power of God reignited in that traditional church. Amazing things took place in that church. I saw what happened when they decided to go and reach the lost. God's power came to that church. The altars were packed with people rededicating their lives. People that were backslidden, coming back to the Lord. The unsaved, coming forward to commit their lives to Christ. And even though we were a denominational church that didn't much believe in miracles, miracles began to happen in the church. People began to be healed, even though we didn't have a doctrine of healing. People began to be delivered of demonic powers. Financial miracles began to happen in the lives of individuals and in the life of the church. It was as if the supernatural presence of Jesus was just spilling over in that church. And what reignited it all was when they made the decision to obey the Great Commission and go. Jesus said go. The Greek means go and keep on going. Verse 20 says, and lo, if you'll go, you'll experience a low, low, wow, wow, will I ever be with you. I saw it. That is why in my own ministry and in our own church, we've always had such an emphasis on reaching souls. This is absolutely essential if we want to experience the strong presence of God among us. God's presence shows up where there is an emphasis on reaching the lost or if you're involved in funding the reaching of the lost. Now, I want to tell you, my friend, hell is a real place. 
Hell is a real place. I know that we don't like to think about hell, but hell is a real place and people really do go there. Listen to these words of J.C. Ryle. Hell, hellfire, the damnation of hell, eternal damnation, the resurrection of damnation, everlasting fire, the place of torment, destruction, outer darkness, the worm that never dies, the fire is not quenched, the place of weeping, wailing and gnashing of teeth, everlasting punishment. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ that he employs. Away with the miserable nonsense which people talk in this day who tell us that we ministers of the gospel should never speak of hell. Hell is a real place. In fact, hell is such a real place. Jesus spoke about hell three times more than he ever spoke about heaven. Jesus believed in the reality of hell. And God is so convinced of the reality of hell that he sent Jesus to the earth to make sure people did not go there. Jesus came to pay the price so people could receive forgiveness of sins and not go to hell. God never wanted people to go to hell. But the fact is, People do die, and they do go to hell. Now, I know that people don't like to think about that. Even C.S. Lewis said, There is no doctrine which I would more willingly remove from Christianity than the doctrine of hell if it lay in my power. But it has the full support of Scripture, and especially of our Lord's own words. It has always been held by the Christian church, and it has the support of reason. Hell is a central doctrine of the Bible, and when people die outside of Christ, they go there. Now listen to these statistics. Every day, 150,000 people die. Approximately 6,400 people die every hour, or about two people die every second. Think of the stream of human beings that are leaving this life, passing into eternity, and the majority of them going into hell. And the truth is, there is a funeral in every person's future. Preparing for eternity is the most important thing you can do in life and help someone else do. There is a funeral in every person's future. That's why we have to burn with a passion to make sure we take the gospel, the best news anyone has ever heard, to every single person who is outside of Christ. And my friend, Jesus died for this. If Jesus died for this, then we have to live for this. This is what we have to live for, reaching people or funding the gospel to make sure other people hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Today, a lot of leaders in the church are talking about reaching the unchurched. That's a very interesting phrase. Now, if you're trying to reach saved people that are not going to church, that's a good phrase to use. They're unchurched Christians. But if you're talking about reaching unsaved people, they're not just unsaved, not just unchurched. They're unsaved. They are unsaved. Don't just call them unchurched. They are unsaved. They're going to go to hell if you don't reach them with a message of the gospel. They have to have the message of the gospel. Wow. Hell is a real place and people really go there. And people are in jeopardy of hell if we don't reach them. And the early church were so infused with Jesus' teaching on hell that it gripped their hearts and they went with the gospel because they wanted to stop people from going there. I like these words of Billy Graham. I'm conscious of the fact that the subject of hell is not a very pleasant one. It's very unpopular, controversial, and misunderstood. But as a minister, I must deal with it. I cannot 
ignore it. That is also true of every believer. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, said, Most Christian ministries would like to send their recruits to Bible college for five years. I would like to send our recruits to hell for five minutes. That would do more than anything else to prepare them for a lifetime of compassionate ministry. What a thought. Or J. Hudson Taylor said, Would that God would make hell so real to us that we cannot rest. R.C. Sproul says, God doesn't just throw a life preserver to a drowning person. He goes to the bottom of the sea and pulls a corpse from the bottom of the sea, takes him up on the bank, breathes life into him again, and makes him alive. What a miracle that God could give new life to people that are spiritually dead. And when they receive the gift of forgiveness, the gift of salvation, immediately they're no longer in jeopardy of hell. Wow. C.T. Studd said, Some wish to live within the sound of church or a chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. That was his conviction that people were going to hell. He simply believed his job was to rescue the perishing and care for the dying. Many Christians are nonchalant about this subject, but God was not nonchalant. God was so serious about the subject of hell that he sent Jesus into the earth to stop people from going there. And now he asks me and you to go with the gospel. And Jesus says in Matthew 28, Verse 20, if we'll go, we'll experience a low moment. Wow, will I ever be with you? Will I ever show up? Will I ever be with you even to the ends of the world? Amen. If you'll just go low, I will show up in a powerful way. So if we want to have the fire of God raging in our heart, then we need to give ourselves to what triggers the release of that fire. We need to add the fuel of souls to our fire, and we will become an inferno for Jesus. This is a very important fuel for you to add to your spiritual flame. This is powerful. Don't forget it. We're out of time, but I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. Is the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in your heart as it burned earlier in your life? How do you stoke the embers of fire so that they begin to burn red hot in your heart again? How do you sustain that fire for the rest of your life? In the 10-part series, A Life Ablaze, Rick Renner will show you the fuels you need to stay spiritually ablaze and how to use them to stir your spiritual fire. In this 10-part series, you'll learn what is the real condition of your spiritual fire right now, what to do if your spiritual embers are about to go out, how to stoke the coals to get them burning again, what fuels you need to inject into your spiritual fire, Available in digital or physical format, starting at just $20, you'll learn how to reach inside yourself to stir up the fire of God that is in you. In addition to this teaching series, you can also purchase the book, A Life Ablaze. In this powerful book, Rick lays out everything you need to live an intimate, uncompromising life and stay on fire with the Holy Spirit's power for years to come. You can do it, but you need to know how, and that is what you'll discover in this timely book. Don't delay ordering your copy today because it will help you throw the right fuels into your fire to get you burning again. Order your copy of A Life Ablaze today for only $18. Don't miss this special offer, this series A Life Ablaze and the companion book A Life Ablaze. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. 
Hey friend, this is Rick Renner, and I want to give you a report about our ministry expansion project. As I've told you, our ministry is literally bursting at the seams. People are responding to us from all over the world. They're tuning in and listening to our teaching on television, on YouTube, in all kinds of media, and they're reaching out to us for prayer and for resources. And because of that, we need a new facility in Tulsa to accommodate all the souls that God is bringing to us. And at the same time, we are constructing a brand new TV facility in Moscow because we have outgrown this space. Now we are doing five to seven live broadcasts a day and we simply need a new studio. So at one time, we need a new studio in Moscow. We need a new building in Tulsa and you have done so much to help us, but we still have a ways to go. So I'm asking you to continue to pray about being a part of the giving team to help us achieve this monumental victory in our lives. It's not about buildings. It's never about buildings. It's about people. The only reason we need the space is because God is graciously sending us people and he is entrusting us to minister to them and to respond to their needs. And I think you know that in our ministry, we're very serious about ministering to those who reach out to us. Every day I sit in this chair and I bring teaching to people that I believe they can trust. We're told in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 21, that the lips of the righteous feed many and I know that is my assignment from the Lord. And when you're a partner and when you're a part of the giving team to help us purchase the new building in Tulsa and to build the studio in Moscow together, we will bring teaching to people that they can trust and the word of God will change their lives. And I wanna say thank you for your help. And if you've not helped us yet, would you please pray about becoming a part of the giving team to help us achieve this monumental victory in our life. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Today we're talking about adding the fuel of souls to your spiritual flame. In Matthew 28, verse 19, Jesus said, Go ye therefore. The Greek literally means go and keep going. This is God's call to us not to do this once on a mission trip or once in life, but as a manner of lifestyle, we are to take the gospel to others or fund the gospel so it can go to others. Go and keep on going. And Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus makes this glorious promise to me and to you. And lo, I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the age. It's so sad that the King James Version just doesn't seem to carry the sense of the Greek. It really means lo, Wow, it is amazing. If you will do what I just said, will I ever show up? Wow, will I ever be with you? That is God's promise to those who go, this is a spiritual fuel you need to add to your fire. Your church needs it. You need it. If you need to pray for somebody who is unsaved, call us. We'll pray with you for their salvation. We'll believe for that. And right now I'm offering you my series called A Life Ablaze along with the book, a Life Ablaze. This is the last day we're offering this, so order your copy today. But I want to pray for you. Today we're ending our series. I know you want the fire of God to burn in your heart. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the fire of the Holy Spirit to be reignited in the heart of my friend, 
that they would add the proper fuels to their flame and stir up the fire of God and stir up the gift of God that is in them. Lord, cause it to be rekindled and to begin to burn brightly again. In Jesus' powerful name, I pray it for you. Amen. Thanks for being with me. Remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. I look forward to seeing you again in the next program.